We're finally at the point in the season where everybody's given their opinions on trades and, and what to do with the future of this organization. So we take a look at some of those from uh, some prominent writers within the city of Detroit. And we have a prospect update. Happy Friday, everybody. Off day today for the Tigers on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Friday. Happy Friday, June 24th, 2022. Uh, thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Lockdown Tigers listeners are getting $50 off of purchases, $500 or more, using, that's the word, code LOCKDOWN. All right, so we are back. Uh, we had a, uh, We have an off day. On Thursday, as I'm recording this, uh, you're listening to this on Friday, where we will be kicking off a series against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Winnable series. Diamondbacks have had their struggles offensively for sure. Um, they started off the season actually a lot better than people thought. We're a 500 team for like a while. There was a little bit there in May, like as recently as, as May, where everyone in that division in the NL West was 500 or better. Um, so, they got off to a pretty decent start and uh, have since slowed down all, all that kind of overproduction at the beginning has caught up to them. And, and they've been kind of on a slump the last 25 games. So uh, winnable series, but your Detroit Tigers, as we all know, have uh, ha- have plenty of, of, of struggles in their own right currently. So we'll see how it goes. You know, no scooble for this series. So it's going to be uh, a, a heck of a, a pitching the, the three pitchers we're going to use going to be a heck of a uh, of a rotation there. We're not going to talk too terribly much about the upcoming series. I don't think there's too much to preview, really. Like, we're, we're going to Arizona for the first time in years. That's kind of cool. Uh, I did a crossover with uh, the host of Locked On Diamondbacks. If you want to go listen to that, you can go check it out over at the Locked On Diamondbacks page, and we just kind of talk about Diamondbacks and the Tigers and then the state of the rebuild and, you know, the JD trade, obviously, and all that. So, you can go check that out uh, if you want more, you know, Q&A stuff or more stuff about the series that's about to happen. But this one, we have an off day. We, we didn't play on Thursday, as I said. And, and I think we're just going to kind of catch up and, and talk about everything that we haven't had time to talk about while games are being played. Right. Well, I also host Locked on Red Wings. And for Wings, you know, we, we play we play two to four times a week, right? A heavy week, we, we might play four times, but we're mostly playing two to three times a week. So after a game, it's really easy to talk about the game that just happened. And then on off days, it's, it's you know, we get a chance to check up with news from around the, the team. What are the beat writers saying? What's the front office saying? You know, what what's the, what's the national headlines about the wings today? And we can kind of talk about it. We don't really have time for that too terribly much in a baseball season. So, 
We're going to do that today. We're going to spend the first segment and a half, two segments maybe even, probably closer to, to a segment, segment and a half, talking about just the, the the news and notes from around the league and everybody else's opinion of the Tigers. Yesterday, on yesterday's show, we talked about the Ken Rosenthal piece highlighting the Alavila tenure and, and all of his moves and um, really just Again, I, I don't even want to use the word like calling him, calling Avila out because I don't think he did. I think he just highlighted the painfully obvious. The, the article really did write itself. All he did was put objective truths on paper and it read as a slam piece when it really wasn't because it's just the moves haven't been good. So we talked about that for the whole last segment in yesterday's show. So we're not going to go too much in that again, but. Uh, there was a comment made by a former beat writer for the Detroit Tigers. He is no longer currently a beat writer, but now we're at, we're at the point in the season, you know, where this is very clearly a failure this season as, as, has not lived up to, to what it was. I don't think it's lost. As we said earlier this week, I, I don't, or last week, maybe even now, I don't think it's fair to call it a lost season because you can always gain, gain stuff from a season, but good or bad. But failure is probably an objective truth. I think this is pretty much worst case scenario for most people. So now we get everybody coming out with their opinion of, of what to do with the future of this team, what, uh, what possible routes there are to building a contender because it's been a while right and so we have a, a a very prominent beat writer in this city especially when he was um what when he was when he was working and and was an active beat writer he was probably the biggest tigers beat writer on the planet and ha he has been retired for a little bit now but still has a ton of connections within the front office and he uh he, he very much likes i don't maybe likes to is the wrong word but he's very much not afraid i should say to stir the pot and he will let his opinion with the detroit tigers known and and uh does not care if you think it's stupid and plenty of people tell him i'm sure that it is often but this one was interesting he sent out a tweet and all he said in the tweet well, all he said it was it was it was very full, but he uh, he had a, a an opinion. Very much the tweet got ratioed. Eighteen likes, twenty six retweets, forty seven comments. So that's a, that's, a, that's a heck of a ratio there. The the exact quote is this. The exact tweet I should say is this. Tigers have two ways out of their offensive muck. Looking past this season. Gregory Soto being dealt next month is one imperative. And Tarek Skubal, in parentheses, assuming this midseason blip is just that, end parentheses, must then be auctioned off this autumn. That rose a lot of questions and, and a lot of opinions. And that's what we're going to talk about for the first little bit here today is, is – Tarek Skubal specifically getting moved. Um, I I don't agree with that with that angle. I I don't think that that is 
an angle that is extremely beneficial for the future of the Detroit Tigers. Now, I, I will very much admit that the return for Scooble in good hands could be astronomical. It very much could be. But there's a lot of factors in play here. So, so for starters, the, the first thing that comes to your mind is just this sounds like a never-ending rebuild. That's that first and foremost, never ending rebuild. You finally, you go through six years, you go through half a decade plus of being one of the worst teams in baseball. And then right when those players that you've drafted with those picks and, and the prospects you've acquired through that era during said rebuild, finally make the majors, you're just going to trade them again for presumably more young as as stated bats right the offense has been horrible and and we've known for a while it's not a super big surprise we have known for a while that the Detroit Tigers organization lacks offensive depth we had Torkelson and we had Green and that's great and they're very good top end talent and and I think they're both going to be impact players for this team for a long time but it's it's also painfully obvious that outside of those two, it drops off a cliff. And then once you get past like Dylan Dingler, it becomes really, really shaky. And and we'll get into those, you know, in the final segment, we'll do a prospect update. So we'll get into some of those guys and and what they can end up being and what they're doing right now. But really after Dingler, you're talking about a bunch of dudes that are either just not highly regarded prospects and, and nobody expects too much of, or dudes that are 18 and are like three to I mean, what, seven years it took Derek Hill to make the majors? Years away from, from making the MLB. So it's – it's there's a, there's a heck of a conversation there. There's a heck of a conversation there. And, and we're going to get more into it after I tell you all about our friends over at Blue Nile. Like I said at the beginning of the show, Blue Nile is the best online jeweler and the original online jeweler. So whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment – Find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's beach, beach bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is truly one of a kind. If you're looking for fine jewelry, but you're having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every single budget. So make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Tigers listeners are getting $50 off of purchases, $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. So use code LOCKEDON, that's code LOCKEDON, Plus, every order is insured. It ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. So shop stress-free and find your forever peace at BlueNile.com today. Also got to tell you all about our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, including this year's NHL playoffs and the Major League Baseball season, obviously. But online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. And betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports events, including MMA, boxing, golf, you name it, they have it. 
So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, segment two here at Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Uh, so we're talking about some comments made by a former Tigers beat writer. I should say retired, not former, because he still has plenty of opinions and plenty of in within the Tigers front office and plenty of connections, but uh, just isn't, you know, he's retired. Uh, so th- those were the comments that were made. Gregory Soto, and and I think it's just like imperative and must and like the the matter of factness in which he said it i think is what rubbed people the wrong way i do think that it's a discussion i really do and and it's not it's one that i don't know how entertained i would be by the idea i don't know if you could ever really convince me to be like yeah this is the right move look what we can do but it's not it's not like the stupidest idea in the history of the world and I, I think it's just because he was so matter of fact about it. And he was so like, this is the, the the way that it has to be if you want your offense to, you know, not be terrible. And, and I, I think that there's other avenues that are possible. And especially when you're looking at the future of this team, that there's a lot to discuss here, man. Like the, the Tigers built their rebuild around pitching that's not a secret to anybody right it was riley green spencer torgelson and the pitchers mize manning scuba was the three-headed monster alex fiedo was was potentially in the mix um and like let's go back to the people that flopped and we already know flopped that franklin perez was a top 100 prospect at one point he was in that mix that was believed to be you know five or, or, or six pitchers uh least we forget Bo Burrows was pretty highly regarded at one point he never cracked the top 100 but a lot of people thought he had the potential to be a fourth or a fifth starter in that future rotation going forward Kyle Funkhauser before he was kind of denoted to the bullpen he was a guy that very much people thought could have been a back end of the rotation starter I mean I mean Spencer Turnbull now was was a guy that always had really good stuff and impressed people and and I still believe that he is a long a long term piece to this plan so he doesn't really fit in the categories with the other guys but just a guy that maybe you forgot about because he hasn't pitched in so long it's 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 fascinating how they built their entire rebuild around pitching 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 and now that we're here we have one healthy pitcher and the notion is yeah let's trade him away for bats i understand that that we didn't stockpile bats and we don't have a very good uh, v- very great organizational depth when it comes to offensive talent in the system. But I, there, there's a few reasons why I, I say no to this. One is because I believe in Tarek Skubal, and I, I think that Tarek Skubal can be the ace for a competitive team. And he's already started to prove that this year. Uh, when you're looking at the last three starts, obviously it's been a little rocky, but the first 10 much bigger sample size were absolutely fantastic. So young and, and so much promise. He's a lefty that throws hard. He's already had Tommy John. Like this is, this really is a guy that I think you can build an entire team around and build a rotation around to the future. And it's just, if you trade him, what does your rotation look like? right? Your rotation going forward. I I feel like trading anybody else, literally anybody else in this, in this organization, that's a starting pitcher for a a young bat 
you could probably convince me to do at some point, given the right price. Scooble, you, you trade Scooble, your, your rotation then becomes the problem, right? Your rotation going forward then becomes the issue. You're just handing off, oh, uh, you know, the, the pitching is the problem. The hitting is the problem. You're just handing it off from one to the other. You're not actually fixing an, an overall. You're not making a more well-balanced product. You're just handing off the issue to the other side of the ball. You trade Tarek Skubal going forward. What's your rotation? You have Spencer Turnbull, who's coming off of Tommy John and hasn't pit. Well, by the time he pitches next for the Tigers, we'll almost have not pitched for two whole years. Okay. Then you have uh, Casey Mize, who has Tommy John and is not going to come back until opening day of 2024 and is going to be about 27 years old now already the next time he pitches uh, and, and has not proven that he can get swings and misses at the major league level, right? You have Matt Manning, who is still young, still believe in the future of Matt Manning, still believe he can become an impact player, but up to this point in his major league career hasn't done anything spectacular or blown the doors off or, or been you know, someone that, that everyone's hanging their hat on. You have Alex Fiedo, who has had a few really good starts at the major league level, but is far from established. If you would have asked people on opening day this year, I don't think anyone thought he would be more than a major league reliever. I certainly didn't. Like it's just you're you're gonna try, and then you have Erod, who's currently not with the team, but but you pretty much know what you're getting out of Erod. He put up very very similar uh, advanced metrics with Boston, pretty much year in and year out. When you look at things like FIP and and Sierra and such, so it's a uh, it's. I just I'm not sure how confident I am in the future rotation of this team with Scooble and and what you get you get one bat like is it just a one for one you trade Scooble and you get like a really young controllable middle of the lineup hitter again the optics of that are not terrible it's just I don't know it's really a fascinating conversation and then you know, you have uh, the fact that he has four and a half years of control at the current moment. If you trade him in the fall, that would be four years. He's not even arbitration eligible yet. Nonetheless, free agent eligible. So you're going to get rid of a guy. What is that a statement that you don't expect to compete for the next four years? Or no, you're getting a, another young bat. So it's just like, again, you, you think that you get rid of Scooble, you bring in a bat. The offense is fixed because of one hitter, and now your rotation just got significantly thinner for the next four years. Um, I don't know. It, it's just it's not something I can completely get behind, but it's a conversation that that is fascinating to me, and that I very much in, enjoy having those type of conversations with people that that think differently than me. But that, that's one I can't really wrap my head around justifying, and I try really hard to 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 justify everybody's like angle because I I think that. Um, nothing is really black and white in, in this industry or really just in the world in general. But, and, and so I, I think it's fascinating to try and look at, at different angles and see how you're seeing it. And this is just one, I have a really hard time. Again, the, 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 the optics of bringing in another young hitter are obviously great. And, and if you can get a crazy return, that that's awesome. But if you're just gonna, you know, after two years, you finally get good talent for the first time in half a decade. And then you just trade him again for what? Again, is it one? Is it like three minor league hitters that are all maybe on the cusp of making the major league roster and you're completely just going for a depth move? I don't know. I, I, and we, we haven't even talked about Gregory Soto. 
Gregory Soto has a couple years of team control left on him as well. What, three? After this season, it's two or three. So that that's another one. I, I know his command is a problem, but, I, I mean, let the Tampa Bay Rays get a hold of Gregory Soto when it's over for the game of baseball. Like, it, it's just – there, there's a lot I, I can justify trading Gregory a lot more because relievers are so weird and, and they're so hit or miss and they're great one year and, and really bad the next and, and they're so inconsistent that one I, I can at least understand you know maybe trading someone while the values at his highest I still not sure I would do it I'd have to look at what his market is there's always a market for power throwing lefty relievers with team control left I, I would imagine you should be able to get a decent return for Greg so uh, that that's something we can discuss maybe closer to the trade deadline if those rumors pick up. But I, I really the Scooble one's really tough for me. It's really tough for me to 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 wrap my head around the logic for for that one and, and justifying it to myself. There, there's a lot. There's a lot. It's a big discussion. We'll we'll wrap that up and then go into some prospect updates here right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back to our third and final segment here at Locked on Tigers. Thanks for making us your first listen every single day. So he, he also said, you know, you're, you're not trading prospects. You're not trading for prospects. Uh, he, he would want to. He, he would want to, to get established young talent. And, and you know, we, we talked about that in in the breakdown there so that that all makes sense and i guess you know in theory somebody who plays once every five days for somebody who plays every day is another kind of kind of a thing there but um it's 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 tough it, it's really i i think you're gonna have a really really tough time justifying that to the fan base i really do and like to the point where i'm not sure it's even possible I'm not sure it's possible to to justify that. The the only way this is justifiable, and we'll end on this, okay? The only way this is justifiable is if you have completely come to terms with, accepted, and agree that this rebuild has failed. That is the only way that this is justifiable. If you think... This rebuild has completely failed. It's over. We're not winning with Green, Torkelson, Mize Manning, Scooble, Baez, Erod. We're not winning with that core. It's never going to happen. We're not even a 500 team. This team is terrible. It's always going to be terrible. And this rebuild, the last five years, have already completely failed, and we will never win with anybody that's currently on the roster. If that is your belief, that's the only way that this makes sense to me. And this person did write, a freelance column or with Freep, maybe is that where he's still writing? I think it's kind of just wherever he feels like it these days, but uh, essentially said he not directly, but, but hinted at the fact that he thinks this rebuild is, is maybe headed in a poor direction or is already in a really poor direction. So that's the, that's the only justifiable outcome, not outcome, but belief that you can have to, to justify doing this. If you think the rebuild has failed and it's over and we might as well just pack it in and try for another rebuild, then you absolutely trade Tarek Skubal. You do because he's your most valuable piece right now. And that's what teams in rebuilds do. They trade their most valuable pieces 
for pieces of the future. But if you have any sliver of hope that this core can win going forward, I don't see how it's justifiable to trade Scooble. So it was a different conversation. We'll kind of get into that closer to the trade deadline. So I definitely wanted to talk about that. I want to do a quick prospect update too, because there were some guys that we didn't get to in the last long one, right? Our last Thursday off day, we did a huge like prospect Friday. This will be kind of a one segment makeshift prospect Friday. Uh, the first one that we didn't get a chance to talk about last time is Jackson Joe, the number three overall pick from last draft. He currently has a four, six ERA and 10 starts for single a lakeland uh now those 10 starts it's a little deceiving because it's only 29 innings they are definitely uh for lack of a better term babying him right as he goes through and uh and slowly stretch him out so that he can pitch full games but he's only getting like two or three innings a start so that that era is is a little weird because it's gonna you know it's almost like a reliever's era like one bad outing can just ruin it and you can have three or four good outings in a row and it cannot really change too terribly much. So it, take it a little bit with a grain of salt. But um, four home runs in 29 innings is certainly a little high. The biggest thing, there's there's two big things here. One, the strikeout numbers are really good already, right? The dude's 19 years old and in 29 innings at single A has 34 strikeouts. That That's, that's good. That That's really good. And again, the fact that this is his first professional anything and he's already averaging over a, well over a strikeout an inning, really, really solid. So that's good. The slider does look really solid. Uh, I That's obviously the reason we took him. He's a unicorn. He's a spin rate unicorn, right? You don't see major leaguers with spin rates that, that equate to Jackson Job's slider. Nonetheless, kids that are 18 in high school and already have it. So I, I, I do really like Job and, and I do – Really, I know he's very controversial because Meyer and all the shortstops were still on the board and everything, and I totally get it. And we might look back and, and regret it forever. That's very possible. But um, Jackson Job is a unicorn. He is. And uh, it's it, it's going to be really fun to watch him develop, and, and he has an unbelievably high ceiling. It's just that, as many people have pointed out, he probably has a, one of the lower floors in that first-round draft class too. So we'll see how he ends up. But – for now, uh, the strikeout numbers are good. The, the flip side of that is the walk numbers are really high. 16 walks in 29 innings is is rather high. His whip is almost one and a half, which is very, very high. So the, the biggest thing is just going to be getting those walk numbers down. Getting And, you know, he, he's never had to, to do this before. The last time he pitched, he was in high school and, and he was not – he was throwing perfect games every single outing, right? Like he dominated. So – it's a it's a step in development. It's not a sign of fear. It's just you know part of the developmental process. So we'll keep an eye on him and see. But uh, every time he takes the bump, for me, it's must watch TV. I, I try and catch all of his starts down there. And yeah, the biggest thing right now is just command and and I think honestly a little bit of pitch mix. Just having more confidence in his stuff. You know he he was always able to get people to swing and miss at his slider. And that's not always the case anymore. People are spitting on it. And I think he could throw it for strikes more. I think he can throw the slider for strikes on the outside corner to righties or coming low and in on lefties, I think would be lethal if he doesn't miss high. So I, I think that he can have a, a lot more fun with the slider than just like, oh, I'm just going to throw it out of the strike zone and get you to chase it. Even though that is going to be, Hopefully, it's its biggest source of uh, of production. I think you can throw it in the zone too. So th that's mostly what I'm looking for with Joe. 
Looking at other players we didn't talk about last time, I, I don't want to repeat too terribly many people, um, but uh, the two people specifically that we didn't talk about last time, uh, big international prospect names, the, the two biggest in our organization, Roberto Campos and Christian Santana. Christian Santana currently playing in Lakeland. Last year for the Rookie League had a 941 OPS this year. Started off in the Rookie League and crushed it. I mean, he played in like two or three games and, and, and was fine. He's played in single A for pretty much the entire season uh, in Lakeland. Teammates with Jackson Job. And the the offense has just, just no power and really no contact either. The one thing that, that's redeeming him and, and that I do like is the walk numbers are, are astronomical. He's walking like it's his job. Uh, ridiculously good walk numbers, 22 walks in 32 games. His on-base percentage is almost 340, even though his batting average is 176. Now his slugging percentage is 287. So you see we're all over the place. We have low contact, we have great discipline, and then we have no power. So it, it, that's the biggest thing is just continuing to watch him develop. But you also have to remember, I, I don't want this to come across. Like he's 18. This is also his first real professional, you know, non-rookie league ball that he's ever seeing too. So we'll give him time to develop. It's still years and years away before we're, we're seeing Christian Santana or Jackson Job or Roberto Campos or anything. So definitely fun to watch them develop, but just because they're, you know, maybe not the best right now doesn't really mean much for the future. We're, we're just trying to see how they develop. Roberto Campos is probably the biggest international free agent name in this organization. Got signed a couple of few years ago now and uh, is set a record at the time for biggest international free agent contract within the Tigers organization um, in so far in Lakeland, also in single A in 59 games. He has a 707 OPS, 258 average, 329 on base percentage, 378 slug. So the biggest thing we know he has raw power. He homered. In that spring training game, we've seen him take batting practice a billion times. We finally figured out that he actually exists, and he's not just some like Alavila story that he just made up. That was the joke for a while. Um, so we know he has the raw power. It's just translating that into game power, and that's something that a lot of kids – he's 19. A lot of kids that are 18, 19, 20 takes a, a year maybe plus to, to kind of trans that, translate that over into game power. So – I, I still I really like Roberto Campos and I, I think he has a very very high ceiling and, and could be a really fun impact player for a while. But um, the biggest thing right now is just is just that uh, the 259 average I can live with. Maybe walk a little bit more, like 329 on base percentage. You know, paired with that, maybe we walk a little bit more. But uh, for the most part, I'm really just looking at get get some power, get some in game power. That's the biggest thing. Um, that might be the biggest ones that I not wanted to knock out really quick, quick. Uh, Kreidler is back from his injury. Um, he is not hitting very well average wise, but has pretty good power numbers and pretty good walk numbers so far in AAA this season. So uh, I would not surprise me at all. If Ryan Kreidler maybe made the 40 man roster down the road at the end of this season, especially if another injury happens, knock on wood or something like that. Wouldn't be the most surprising thing in the world if if he made an appearance uh, as as we get closer to the end of the season. 
we already talked about Ty Madden last time. We talked about Dingler. We talked, I don't know if we talked about Isaac Pacheco. He's a really fascinating one. He's hitting really, really well, has a 791 OPS. So almost an 800 OPS there um, in Lakeland. Also single A. That single A team is fun to watch, man. I'm telling you. He's also only 19 years old and with almost an 800 OPS in, in his first you know, full season of professional ball. That's obviously a great sign. Um, and, and he's really killing it across the board. I, I mean, ideally, maybe you like a little bit more power, like if you want to get super nitpicky, but 269 batting average, 355 OBP and a 436 slug. So, I, I mean, if he could get that slugging percentage over 450, that, that would be beautiful. I think the biggest thing with him is just defense. He has not looked very good at shortstop in his professional career. I think there's some belief that they want to try him at third. There's some belief that they want to try him at second. I think he'll get plenty of opportunity to do both of those things. But uh, th that's really the biggest thing for him right now is just where can he be comfortable and confident defensively? Because offensively, he's he's been hitting it ever since we draft him, drafted him. So really, really solid start to the professional career of Isaac Pacheco. Uh, Dylan Smith, we talked about last time, Gage Workman, Joey Wentz. Yeah, I think we, Wilmer Flores and Reese Olsen, obviously headlining there in the rotation down there. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much everybody that I wanted to cover in this one that we didn't talk about last time. So there you go. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. Happy off day. Hope you enjoyed your, your off day, your Tigers off day. No, uh, we don't get to come on here and just talk about, you know, disappointments for, for half an hour and just... Uh, underperforming players for half an hour. Yeah, had a little bit of fun, had a nice conversation there. Let me know what you think. I, I can't imagine that too many people are going to be on the trade Scooble thing, but I'm also like not red in the face, obviously, right? Not red in the face, like angry about this take either. I don't think it's like the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. I, I think the other thing it just comes down to really quickly before I, I, I you know, send you guys out on your way, but how much faith do you actually have in Alavila orchestrating this trade? Right. Even if you do believe it's the right thing to do, right. Let's, let's just pretend no matter what, no matter who you are, what your opinion on this right now, get in the mindset of trading Scooble is the right thing to do. I agree with this retired beat writer. Now that's fine. That's great. That's your own opinion, whatever. Do you also, on top of believing that it's the right decision, also believe that Alavila is, is, as Ken Rosenthal said in his article, savvy enough to orchestrate a trade for Tarek Skubal in, in which the Detroit Tigers win the trade? That, that's a lot of things lining up to get the good end of the deal. You have to, you have to rely on the timing being right to trade him. You have to rely on it being the right direction for this organization to trade Tarek Skubal. And you have to be relying on Alavila to make a move that benefits your organization. That's a lot of things lining up correctly. A lot of things. Uh, I, I would bet a lot using betonline.net that Skubal is not traded. I think that this is just um, a, a, a former beat writer with an opinion. I, I think that's really all this is. And uh, obviously more than welcome to share that got us through an off day on this show. So go for it, brother. Um, but I, I think that that's really all it is. I don't think the Detroit Tigers actually have any, and Gregory Soto, like I said, different conversation, but Tarek Skubal, I don't think Tarek Skubal is going anywhere. So we'll see how it plays out. Let me know what y'all think. Y'all, a lot of y'all have already made your 
opinions known on uh, on the socials on social media but interesting conversation for sure interesting conversation all right i'll catch you all some well monday when you listen to it hopefully recapping a series win let's go win a series get back on track if we can head into like i said starting in july we just play al central teams for like 20 games straight that's pretty much if you still have any faith that this season can be salvageable and that we can save it even remotely that stretch is where it's going to start. So got got to take care of business in Arizona. I think then we go to San Francisco or something like that. And, and then eventually when July comes around, it's all AL Central for pretty much the entire month of July. So let's go start a hot streak. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. I'll catch you on Monday, baby. Go Tigers.